This book is not good for you. Book three, the secret series by... Pseudonymous Bosch. We're on chapter... Chapter one, part two, it says... 26. I have to say, it is excruciatingly hot in your freaking room. We gotta hurry up. We got two more chapters. Huh? It's going backwards. What's going backwards? We were already in chapter... No, now it's going forward. Yeah, but this is... They split chapter one in half. So it's like chapter one and then chapter... Part two of chapter one. Oh my god. I honestly... We need an air conditioning unit in here. I'm starting to sweat. Jeez, a Louisa. All right. Thunk. Again, more pounding. Who is that? Max whispered. Pale. I thought the store was closed. Cass shrugged. Thanks, Peyton. Oh, she's so sweet. She just turned the fan on. Cass shrugged, trying her best to look uncertain, but she abandoned the bo- but she abandoned the boxes that she'd been inspecting and stood up all at the same time. Probably somebody unloading their junk on my grandfather's, like usual. Thunk louder this time and they both flinched yeah but what if it isn't said max Ernest, staring at the front door there's no time to get a message from the turkish turkish wait there's no time to get a message to this turkish society Cass's ears tingled in alarm at the mention of their secret organization shush you never know who's listening that's my point max whispered the midnight sun could be right outside the door for all we know how about that Cass looked at him her ears turning cold max Ernest was right the terrible truth was they had done such a good job of driving away their enemies they no longer knew where their enemies were. It had been months since they had last seen the Midnight Sun's malevolent leader, Miss Mavius and Dr. L, flying away from their mountaintop graveyard in a black helicopter. Despite the Turkish Society's best effort, they'd been unable to determine where that helicopter had gone. Those insidious invidious and perfectly perfidious alchemists could be anywhere maybe they've been waiting all of this time for your grandfathers to leave max ernest continued and now they're going to seize the chance to take revenge on us Cass didn't say anything she didn't have to they waited another minute or so it felt so much longer but it was but there were no more thunks just the usual tick-tocks and whirls and beeps of many old clocks and assorted gizmos that cluttered in the store then they started tiptoeing towards the front door. Bang! Crash! They froze. This time, the sound came from inside. Oh my god, I hope it's a homunculus. Had somebody broken in? Grabbing each other's hands, they started turning around in slow circles. Although, whether they were looking for the source of the sound or for some place to hide, I'm not certain. Finally, Max Ernest pointed to the floor at his feet were two broken pieces of ceramic that he had knocked over that's what made the noise well those last noises the bang and the crash the thunking and the pounding remained to be unexplained they waited another minute nothing Cass cracked open the front door and they breathed matching sighs of relief Cass's first guess had to be correct they were three cardboard boxes waiting for them on the landing they wouldn't have to battle the midnight sun after all, not right now, anyways. Let's see," said Cass, expertly shaping, shaking her box, the one one by one. Shoes. I hope they don't stink too bad. Shirts, all stained properly. Magnets or magazines. After struggling, after struggling to find a places to squeeze these mer- new merchandise, Cass resumed searching for the cardboard box that had been her very first home. Max Ernest, meanwhile, sat back on his encyclopedia pile and started flipping through the box of magazines. There were so many kinds. 
some recent, some going back years. Sadly for Max Ernest, there were no puzzle books or magic manuals or science magazines. The three things that he was looking for in order in order of preference. He was about to close the box up when he noticed a magazine that had been buried at the bottom. Hey, look at this. It's from last week. We, since we, since when, we? Since when do you care about we? Cass laughed. It's like a celebrity gossip and stuff. Haven't, have you ever even heard of the names in it? I've heard of the Skeleton Sisters. He walked over to Cass and thrust the magazine under her nose. The cover of We showed two skinny blonde girls, the twin teen superstars known as the Skeleton Sisters, who just so happened to be two of the youngest members of the Midnight Sun. Most members were much older, as in hundreds of years older, and they were smiling dumbly at the camera, one of them holding an unhappy-looking baby as far away from her body as possible. Cass smirked. She looks like the looks like the baby just peed on her or something. She opened the magazine to an article headlined Twin Hearts in Africa, the Skelton Sisters' latest rock tour. It's a goodwill mission. Oh my gosh, what if Miss Mobius and Dr. L are her parents? Oh, this is just getting crazier. A two-page picture showed the twins standing with a nun in, a, in white habits. Surrounding them were a dozen of grinning children. And in the background, a bright green bird with t- a long tail flying into the jungle. Cass read the caption. Romeo and Montana Skelton with Sister Antoinette in the Loving Heart Orphanage of the Cotier de Lavore. The self-supporting orphanage runs a cacao plantation on which the children lend a hand. It's a wonderful learning experience, like an open-air classroom, says Sister Antoinette. And of course, at the end of the day, there's always plenty of chocolate for everyone. Cass looked up from the magazine, shaking her head. Can you believe that they're at an orphanage? Probably they just went to have their photo taken. Hey, wait a second, I know this nun. I doubt it, said Max Ernest. I don't know any nuns. I mean, unless... I know a nun, but I, unless, unless I know a nun, but I don't know, I know, I don't know, I do. Oh, unless I know a nun, but I don't know, I do. That was a hard sentence to read. Well, you know this one, Max Ernest stared. Oh no, is that who I think it is? Cass nodded. Can you imagine anybody less likely to be a nun than Miss Mobius? So we found the midnight sun. How about that? Cass grinned. Cass grinned. How about that? We have to tell everybody right away. Tell us what? We're dying to know. They looked up at the magazine, startled. <laughs> Grandpa Wayne and Grandpa Larry had entered through the back and were now standing over them. It wasn't a very comforting sight. Larry and Wade had been competing with each other in a beard-growing contest for the last six months, and they were both looking slightly bedraggled. To put it mildly, Larry brushed his beard religiously and Wayne braided his into two long strands, but neither approach really helped. Sebastian, their old ailing blind basset hound, was sleeping by the baby sling around Grandpa Larry's neck. Oh, in Grandpa, oh, okay, around Grandpa Larry's neck. Dog drool dribbled down Larry's arm. So what's the big news, asked Grandpa Larry. Oh, nothing, Cass stammered. You know, gossip, it's a magazine. Grandpa Wayne eyed the magazine cover on Cass's lap. Is that the girls? They're called the Skeleton Sisters? Skeleton, not skeleton, but ghoulish nonetheless, Larry sniffled. Why a grandfather of 
Why a grandfather of mine would be interested in girls like this, I'm not sure I know. Cass's first instinct was to defend herself, but instead she offered a, a refuel smile. It's just so I know what the other kids are talking about, so I don't seem like a freak. Sorry, I know it's lame. She would have to live with her grandfather's disapproval. Today, she and Max Ernest made a major discovery. Maybe it wasn't the discovery that she'd been hoping for, but in a way, it was much more important. How about Sebastian, she asked, changing the, uh, the subject. Oh, uh, he'll be fine. Won't you, Sebastian? Larry patted the dog's head. The dog barked half-heartedly, drooling, into, drooling onto Max Arnis, who hastily wiped it off. Dander, it's the saliva. I'm really allergic, he explained to no one in particular. Late that night, five people retired. Five people, a retired magician, a certified public accountant, an out-of-work actor, and a violin teacher and her student all received the same email message from somebody named Miss Ardenastic. Looking for this, looking for sun, cheap vacation, one day only. Anybody reading over their shoulders would have assumed it was just spam. Junk mail. Recipients knew it was. Um, junk mail. The recipients knew what it was. The message meant Cassandra had information about the midnight sun. Vacation was the Turkish society word for meeting. Cheap was the signal for meeting was urgent. And one day only meant that the meeting would be the very... Probably next day. <laughs> Welcome to Reading to Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five.